I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The Black Fat Femme Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Dr. John Paul, LLC. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Black Fat Femme Podcast, where all the intersections of identity are celebrated. I'm one of your hosts, John, also known as Dr. John Paul. And while y'all are trying to figure out how you're going to pay your taxes that you owe this year, you can thank Paul, Ryan, and Trump for that. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to get me a sponsor for my crusade <laughs> to the moon, honey, because Earth is ghetto and I still want to leave. How are you, Joho? Honestly, take me somewhere different. Let's go to <laughs> Neptune. Let's go to your to Uranus. Like the moon's gonna be capitalized soon. Elon Musk doing a little space hotel thing. Gee, Let's just switch gee. it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm over. I'm hey, over the moon. The moon has nothing else. Hell and Mars. I I don't know where in the. Uh, intergalactic highway it's gonna be i just oh. know that it's you know i so my the picture that it shows just shows a space station essentially just floating around so mm-hmm. i'm gonna hope there's some you know autobahn that will take will take people from uh from earth to the moon to them to the mars who's to say but that's neither here nor there fam <laughs> for those it who are watching Jordan. you see me dancing because i'm thinking about uh, <laughs> captain eo we are here to save the world, change the world. Have you ever seen Captain EO? Never in my life. But when you were doing this, it made me think of the uh, the girl, the girls from White Chicks, who was doing that. <laughs> no, 
I'm doing the Captain EO dance. Chase, you have to. I'm gonna send that to you. You have to watch okay, it. But go watch it. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Sorry, it's Sam. It is your or Joho or emphasis on the ho part today. Now I just want to say happy Black History Month, y'all. We are blackly black black twenty four seven. But this this month we're gonna be blickly blickly black 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 all month long. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Chris can cut in. I'm black, y'all. I'm black, y'all. I'm black and black. Beach, black, I'm black, black. black. Yeah, that okay. that part too. Yes, we are definitely in Black History Month. I'm excited because this is the first. So last year, I don't think we we zoomed in as much as we did with Black History Month, and a lot of our topics this month specifically are going to be very mm. very black. So I'm just really excited that this year we're actually being that super intentional on Black History Month and yeah. so we're going to be talking a lot about Black History Month and I guess this is a great segue because as we always do we give Miss Tisha Campbell her flowers. Uh we are going to jump over into still here. So what's on your mind, Joe? John, thank you so much so for this week's still here. Since we are in Black History Month, I want to ask you what is your favorite Black History moment? Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. My favorite Black History moment. So y'all know I, you know, when it's time for me to be educational, you know, I show up when it's time for me to really get serious. And I'm like, oh, we have a plight and we need to fight and we need to do X, Y, and Z. Y'all know I jump into my educational bag. But when you, when I saw this question in the show flow, I said, this is the perfect time for me to be petty and be messy. Now, so for those of you, I want us to, I'm going to take it on back. Let's, let's go back to <laughs> August of 2023. Um, I, just I just, I, I, you know, I honestly love when black people come mm. together on the internet to make fun of racism. And okay. I believe that while this is not in the history books yet, because it will be, but while it is not in the history books yet, I believe that August of 2023 will go down in, in, in infamy as being one of the best days for Black people and for Black history. Now, what <laughs> I am talking about, for those of you who may not listen to the show or may be new to the show, we are going to talk a little bit about what they call the Alabama-Montgomery Riverfront Brawl. What a time, what a moment. It was a hot day down in Alabama. This is where white people got a little too fresh and they just, they they, they had to learn the hard way. And I'll say this, because I think people okay. come over here and they're like, oh, they messy and they always talking about black people. I want to say that I do not condone violence. However, I am a true believer that if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Okay. Those white people ran up on those black people and thought that the four years that they had behind them was going to protect them in that moment. And baby, when I tell you that those black people were ready, they were ready. They pulled up that boat. Not a car, not a train. <laughs> it was a boat. They pulled up to the side of that docking station. And baby, when I tell you that black baby swam across that water like an <laughs> Olympic swimmer to help them black people when that boat docked. From all angles, yes. Every they came from the sea, the river, the boat. <laughs> Lift every Trail. voice and swing, honey. They <laughs> went off. And I was here for every single minute of it. But before I, before I give it back to you, what I will say 
is that the star of said brawl was when <sighs> that baby picked up that white chair. The white chair was the moment. <laughs> she was that girl. And <laughs> the, I shouldn't be laughing at this, but baby, when he whacked that lady into that water and then he bashed that man over his head with that white chair, you yeah, couldn't she... tell me nothing. I was on the floor. It was. It is it literally live in my mind as one of the best moments that I have ever lived to see. It was beautiful. You know the the uh, the the white chair really did what needed to be done. The white chair, you could argue, is the Stonewall brick of today. You know, like the, the white chair really served the purpose. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. You know, yes. No one, <laughs> you know, and so this time, you know, we, we 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 know who picked up the white chair and who swung the white chair. Yes. And so we get to give we get to give him grace and him as props for the for the rest of our lives. But man, really, the chair. You know, I, I think about. Whoever the creator who had who had done the interview with the white chair shit has sent me still today yes. just has me tickle pink. Yes. Who I live. The art pieces that come from the chair truly are iconic. I mean, we have we have watercolor, we have interviews, we have interpretive dance pieces. We, do. we have we do. Like, you know we have public sculptures, public arts. You name it. Like it is simply. <laughs> The best, the best. Sorry, I thank you so much, Reverend, Reverend Dr. John Paul, for bringing us the chair, yes, the, yes, the chair yes. today. Yes. Ooh, my favorite Black History moment. There are just so many, honestly. I think this week I'm tickled. I'm also tickled pink by the resurgence of that video of Rosa, Harry, and Shirley wrapping about their accomplishments. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know who posted <laughs> yeah. it. Yes. But they, you know, they uh, they asked which who went harder and I I mean TBH my girl Harriet. She went horrible. Okay, she pulled up the blippy. Okay, Ali, she yeah. said they got the blippy with me. Okay, say less. That was it for me. <laughs> it was a wrap. I think another moment back history for me is um <laughs> I think about this way too often. Is RuPaul on The Weakest Link, which was that little game show, <laughs> um, and being asked a question where the obvious answer is horoscope. And I know RuPaul knows this answer. And RuPaul, <laughs> RuPaul paused, held the question in, in her hand, and with full gusto said, Shaka Khan. <laughs> and speaking of Shaka Khan, what listen my head for you is Whitney saying Shaka Khan. Yes. Every, and I'm every woman. Uh-huh. It gets me every time. It, it just yes. like it just when the outro happens, she's like, huh, Shaka Khan. Yes. Shaka Khan. Yes. <laughs> so black history really is made every day in these hair parts. And I just live. I just I'm thankful to oh, see it. Oh yes. But can we also talk about um uh, I was gonna also say uh, uh we have to mention this too. Another moment we cannot forget is when um what is her name? She was on um I'm you you know I'm terrible with names. I can see her face, but I can't say it. Um she was playing her aunt. What's Whitney Houston's aunt? Uh oh, oh we know her aunt's uh, name. Warwick, oh, Dion yeah. Warwick. When that Dion Warwick, the yes, comedian yes, yes. was playing Dion Warwick. Y'all, if y'all follow me on social, y'all know that yes. I've been posting it all the time. She said, because why would Xi Jinping want to <laughs> want to flood my basement and, and rust so, my basement? Oh, Maya Rudolph. Yeah, Maya, Maya Rudolph, Rudolph doing it. I'm screaming. Said, I'm screaming. <laughs> when she screaming. said, oh. uh, what is it? How does she close it? She said, four. She said something. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Oh, God, it, I literally just watched it an hour ago. Oh, my goodness. Say? 
I'm after she, pull it up. she said it. She said oh, it, and then she peed it in song. <laughs> yes, like, yes, 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 yes. Russ <laughs> Oh, um, my, but again, Maya Rudolph is just here. It is. What she say? Speaking of Dionne Warwick, wherever the Dionne two what in two what what two what in two what in yes. Because why would Jean Ping want to flood my basement and rust my Bowflex? To what end? Yes, yes, yes. To what end? That is it. To what end? Oh, my God. What a moment. Black history. It's just, it's just everything. But anyway, all that to be said, this is, what about, I just, this made me feel so good. We have to take a break and pay some bills before Xi Jinping floods our basement and rusts our Bowflex. Uh, but when we come back, we are going to chat about something that has been on my mind for quite a quick second. So we'll be back in a sec. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Fam, we are back. Recovery time between segments is not always the longest, so sorry if you catch me still cackling a bit, especially for a very serious conversation we're about to have today. But we're going to jump into our family bag once again to a little auntie and uncle situation conversation. So a story came out with USA Today, I believe just a few days ago, noting that all the time you hear this will be last week, noting that aunts and other mothers and they and other mothers is used as one word, often support LGBTQ plus youth more than general family members, citing a study that was published in December 2023 that focused on the impact of aunts, theas, other mothers on LGBTQ plus youth. 
it's kind of groundbreaking because they name that most studies focus on the nuclear family vertical, mm-hmm. as in parents and, ch- mm-hmm. and children. Some studies spread to siblings, which I think is interesting as well, too. But this is one of the few, if not the only ones, that hones in on members outside of this vertical. Yeah. Whether they're biological aunts or fictive ones, or ones like a play aunt, essentially. We'll link in the show notes, um, the article as well, and the study. But for today's topic, I want to begin by asking your thoughts about the ways your aunts may have or may not have shown up for you in growing up. Mm, I love it. So, yes, I, I so one, I, I will say this before we kind of d- dig into this. Um, I love that this study is being done because I have always kind of felt a way of like even just like being out and about and seeing like or even mm. just with the org I work with. Right. So I have gone to events and have assumed, you know, just assumed that kids that have been there were there with their parents, right? Their mothers or with their fathers, whatever. Mm. And sometimes, most times, a lot of queer kids are there with their aunts. They'll say, oh, that's my aunt mm. or that's my, my tia or that's my, you know, my friend's mom who took me in, right? Um, yeah. And I'm like, wow, there's actually a study that they're talking about the importance of people who have shown up for these queer kids, especially at a time where they need it most. And so it it really took me to my own place where I was thinking about the aunts who had shown up for me. And so specifically wanting to like lift the name of my auntie Anne, who's on my dad's side. I made a joke in our chat that my auntie Anne was the one who let us drink. Like she was always the aunt that was like... (laughs) I don't care what y'all do out there. Y'all not going to be drinking outside. Y'all going to be drinking in here. I, you know, mm-hmm. I want to I want to be able to know, you know, I don't care if you drink, just as long as you do it here. So my Auntie Anne was <laughs> always that one who, you know, was very funny and, and cracked jokes and was real protective of like, let John just be who John is. Y'all ain't got to critique John all the time. Like Anne mm. would always jump in and save me, you know, whenever my uncles, and we're going to talk about uncles too, but when my aunt, when my uncles would try to, you know, basically chastise me. My auntie Anne will jump in to save me. And then I wanted to shout out my mm. auntie Yolanda and my auntie Kim. So I actually have two Kim, auntie Kims, but my auntie Yolanda is on my mom's side, who's actually my mom's, I think my mom's second cousin, but because she's older, she was my aunt. And, and, and we, you know, we mm. do that in black families, right? If, if there's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like a certain age cut off that if they're like over 35, yeah. you know, when you're a kid, <laughs> that means that they're an aunt, an uncle. Like, auntie, even yeah. if they are your third <laughs> or fourth cousin. Um, And so shout out to my auntie Yolanda, who I think was really in a lot of ways, you know, in my auntie Kim's. And I say this because I have two auntie Kim's. One had an addiction problem. And I say that transparently not to shame her, but to say, you know, that even with all of the stuff that she was going through in her own life, she still Mm -hmm. made it a point to protect me. And that that's the thing that Mm -hmm. always stuck with me about my auntie Kim and my auntie Yolanda, who both had drug addiction problems. Um, They were just really beautiful black women who saw Mm. the spark in me and, and, and really wanted to protect that. And I made a note, I said, you know, I have, and I've talked about this in so many different veins. I have a lot of beef with my uncles and I'm talking Netflix beef, honey, give me all the Oscars and the Emmys and the golden globes because I got beef with my uncles, but my auntie Yolanda, Mm. my auntie Kim, my, you know, both of my auntie Kims and my auntie, and like, they literally were the ones who really took care of me. So I, I, I really just wanted to shout them out, name them that they really made me feel like, in moments when I was like, why am I here? Why w- the world doesn't like me? My uncles don't like me. My cousins don't like me. They were the ones who stepped mm-hmm. in for my mom and said, we got you. We see you. We're going to make sure you're good. You know? 
That's actually a really interesting conversation piece to like why so many issues with uncles and not as many with aunts. And I, I, I mean, I'm also thinking of the idea of like the cousins being aunts too, because I think there is like a, mm-hmm. a framing of aunts and uncles are the adults in your life and the cousins are like the ones that you're, are your peers essentially. Right. Now I was thinking about this, particularly the, the uncles part as I was reading the study, because I do wonder yeah. if there'll be research done for these populations. I mean, mm-hmm. like my uncles would have never been a conversation piece with them. Like not right. even my play uncle who is my who, you know, who, who's my mom's friend who who is also gay like they he did not serve as a place of, sh- of sh- shelter for me as a kid like it, right. I, I knew i was loved by him but when i i know that when i had come out my mom had talked to him about it he encouraged that maybe it's a phase you know mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. the, 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 the obviously as an adult now he's more open with me now and that's really great but it's a moment where i think like damn like as my mom's bestie, you could have said this or done this, right? right or right, my, right. you know, like, or my dad's brother is like, they're all just so hyper masculine. Like, you know, even the brother, even the uncle I had who was gay himself, I, he passed away when I was really young from age related causes. Mm-hmm. And, but like, but that said, my dad's really framework of like another gay man was just like hyper masked dude who was in military. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there was never any discussion about being gay or queer, especially not through a lens of being femme. So I just, I just cannot envision it for my uncles at all, which is sad. And, but I appreciate what I appreciate about the study was that the study shared so much of these notions of expanded family that are rooted in being BIPOC, low income or immigrant culture or like immigrant family cultures. Like, yeah, yeah. I grew up like in, in, in an interesting way, like this, despite, despite my mom, despite my mom, you know, being Jewish and like, like and seen as white, but also like being a first generation, I grew up with all my mom's friends being aunties to me. Like, mm. I, I really thought she had five sisters. I was like, damn, d- damn, Debra, you got hella sisters, girl. Like, you got hella moms in these streets. Yeah. Uh, you, 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 you have sisters. I realized that they're all, right, they're all right. just besties. Yeah. Um, whereas my dad actually had all sisters, but I wasn't as close to them. Only, mm. only a, a only like a few of them. And I know that they loved me because they always told me and show me that. And I think, you know, part of it, I'm sure is also like my dad's unwillingness to bring me around them more. Um, and I, I wish I knew, I wish I, I wish I could ask him why Negro, why, um, you know, I, I, I have to consult with him um, and, and the urn I have of him to ask and find it out. But, um, but that's something that I just did not, I did not really get to have. Yeah. And, you know, but I also think, like, in that, side of, in that side of the family, like, on the black side, we, I mean, I think in many black families, you don't talk about sexuality in many ways, but you, like, historical or, like, uh, like, traditional black families, you don't talk about sexuality so much. And so I honestly, like, today don't know what they think about my queerness. And mm. I, I can't just say I felt, I felt or that I feel protected. I mean, I think I'm also at a place now where, as an adult, I really don't care what they, what, what they think about it. Like, my brother and I talk about this a lot, or my siblings and I talk about this a lot. Like if they were to not be like embracing of it, we wouldn't really care. And I think, you know, I think there are, there are moments in which like we, we reach out to each other and and they show that they are caring of who I am as a person. Like I have, I have one aunt who messages me or texts me how much she loves me. And I think, and I'm sure she sees me being my like biggest, fattest, blackest, most Jewish gay self. So I'm sure she loves anyways. Um, Though I will say, I remember meeting, I remember meeting one of my aunts, my dad's service who I had not met. I only heard stories of her my whole life. I never actually met her, even though she lived like two hours away from us. I finally met her at my dad's service. And I, (laughs) I was like, her name was Marianne. Marianne, I was like, I was like, Auntie Marianne, I've nice to finally meet you. I've been wanting to meet you for so long. She was like, Oh, you're Jan, son. And I was like, Yeah, yeah. And she was like, Child, you got some sugar in your tank, don't you? And I was right. like, <laughs> she, she just, 
at you. She yeah. didn't give me a read. Nah, she yeah, not read. her clocking you. Yeah. She read me down. Yeah. I mind you, I I I didn't I didn't have nails at that point yet. So I was like, how she just say it? But like, Ooh. but like yeah, I, knew, yeah, 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 yeah. I I was like, I was like for my first I was like, sugar in my <gasps> she just called me a gay. And yeah. you know, and like and yeah. and it was a point where like I knew, but like like but like but 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 she laughed, we we both cackled. So I knew it was something that like she wasn't that she wasn't against, but I haven't talked to her since that moment in time, and she's never said anything else to me right. either. So I think you know, I, I think it's an interesting, interesting thing because I think, I, in contrast to, I have never really felt protected by my aunts or my play aunts in that way. I felt more safe with my brother, and my sister, and my sister especially because I think my sister gives big auntie energy. Oh, like I know when I have kids, yeah. she will absolutely be she's auntie to them. Very much an auntie. Her, 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 mm-hmm. She okay. She is her daughters. Her daughters will be aunties to, to yeah. my kids. Um. Also, can we discuss the difference between auntie and auntie? Because to me, like, like, like th- this is code switching in real time for me being a mixed kid. Because I grew up calling my mom's sister and my mom's friends aunties, and my dad's sisters aunties. And the way I had to be traversing language like aunties versus aunties. And I know people be like, oh, like if you like, like if you, if you say aunties, you in white culture. If you say aunties, you in black culture. And I'm like, well, the culture was intense because all, because all, because like. Even today, if I go see my if I go see my mom's sister, I will call her auntie off instinct. And if I was going to say auntie, it feels weird to call her auntie and not auntie. But if I go to my dad's siblings, like you know, like or if I talk about them, I always say auntie so and so. Like I can't say auntie. Auntie feels weird to me mm. on that part. So just you know, if 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 anyone listening ha- has that experience, holler at your boy because I yeah I, sometimes I'd be struggling like oh that's an interesting thing. And then and then and then throw in like because for me, pre growing up, I had a lot of. Filipino friends who had aunties. So you have aunties, aunties, and aunties. And so I have a lot of Filipino friends also be some aunties Mm -hmm. or the titas. Um, So it's just, uh, language is wild. As I said, I'm like, wow, a lot of different different ways. Right. But what you are speaking to is is very cultural. And I think, you know, even just as you were talking about, and again, I could be totally out in left field by saying this, but thinking auntie versus auntie. So if someone says that's your your auntie Tanya, you know, right. So I have an, I have an auntie Tanya, but I have you, that's your auntie. Auntie Tanya, you know, Tanya, that for me, auntie kind of just feels like, okay, that's somebody that we're related to, but an auntie is someone you're closer to, right? Um, and, and again, I could be totally wrong, but it feels that way for me that when I, and like I said, I have aunts who are very much cousins of my mom that I refer to as like, so for instance, even my second auntie Kim, like my auntie Kim and my auntie Judy, those are my mom's cousins, but because of the way that they treated us growing up and because of the relationship that I had, it was you respect them and you, and and even now, right? Like they'll ask about me. And I also want to shout out like even too, like I, I know, so I don't know if my auntie Robin listens to the show, if she does, Hey, auntie Robin, but like my, my dad's sister, right? Like my auntie Robin was always one of those aunts who I think from a very young age, just kind of always just let me be in was the aunt that I aspired to, right? Like when she pulled up in her BMW, I was like, okay, that's the aunt that I want to be like when I get older, who, you know, she had her own daughters and she had a life, but we always knew that auntie Robin had a good job and we knew auntie Robin had a, her own condo and auntie Robin, you know, kind of, she basically just, she ran her yeah, own. Auntie Robin, yeah. Right? Like auntie yes. Robin had that energy. Right. And so like, she have her own car. She, she got yeah. her own thing. Right. She, she got her own. Okay. You know, who got the I I N D E P E N D E N T. Do you know what that means? Okay. So I think you know, I think in a lot of ways, our aunts, the aunts that we were close to, whether they be, you know, 
dad's sisters, mom's sisters and stuff. And even kind of back to this article, I think they speak a lot to safety. I think they really speak to Mm -hmm. the idea of people that, you know, like when your mom is not around, you know, cause that was, I'll I'll say that. And I think this is the biggest thing. Like, I don't want to make it seem like I got abused growing up because I didn't, I will say that I, 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 I came up with traditional Gen X and even I would say boomer like parents because my mom was born right on the cusp of the boomer Mm. era going out and so my mom still has a lot even though my mom is still considered Gen X my mom has a very strong boomer mindset of everybody in the family could whoop you right it wasn't just a you know (laughs) you could get you could get a whooping from anybody my dad dad was the same way remember he took me he said you have permission to spank him I'm like bro you just met him today this nigga right but i think there was an it took to a point and i bring that up because i say that that i was grateful for my auntie robin and my auntie alanda's and my auntie kim's and all of them because Mm. when i didn't perform the way that my uncles wanted me to perform they would step in and say yo leave john alone or leave them kids alone and that was their favorite Mm. way of basically saying like I know you're out here being hard on these kids, man, let them kids just be mm-hmm. right. Um, and so I think that that's the thing of, of why aunts play such a pivotal mm-hmm. role in queer kids lives is because, and I think when you really get to it, right. Hyper masculinity, it really is. And I mean, we've talked about this in so many different facets in the 80 episodes that we've had shout out to our 80 mm-hmm. episodes. We talked about hyper masculinity in so many different ways. And I think that that, that, that for me is why I felt like in the conversation of us, like we've talked about family, we've never really zoned in on the importance of like the aunts or the cousins who step up as aunts or even the queer yeah uncles who show up as our aunts right like we don't talk enough about the safety the ways that they've protected us and kept us from those beatings or you know i like i said Mm. i think if i always think about a specific moment where i know my dad and my uncle sean you know they they i could see and i still see the look in their eyes to this day where my father Mm. and my uncle sean were ready to basically rough me up because I wasn't performing the way that they wanted to. And when they heard me screaming mm. at them in the background, my auntie Anne was the one who ran in and grabbed me and said, go outside. Mm. Right. Like it was, mm. it was, it was her who literally kept me at from the age of 12, 13 from getting my ass kicked by, you know, my birth mm. father and my uncle and, and his brother. So like I, as much as I don't talk to my auntie Anne or my auntie Robin, or even my auntie, you know, my auntie Kim or my auntie Yolanda's, I'm so grateful mm. for them because I don't know if they know how much they protected me in moments where I knew I was about to get my ass kicked, you know? And, and it's just, you know, mm. I, I'm really grateful for, I'm, I'm grateful for these studies because there are a lot of aunties and uncles. And I say uncles in the sense of aunties, right? The queer ones who are making sure that we're not homeless, who are making sure we have food, who are making sure we're not getting beat, who are making sure that we we, we have the love and the nurture that we need in order to be able to do stuff like this, right? Like to be able to be on a show mm-hmm. like this. So um, yeah, that's just, that's just something that, that lives in my mind as we have this conversation. You know, as you were, as you were talking about like your mom and being like the instances in which your instances in which like your mom was at home or your, or your mom took you somewhere. Like I think about that a lot too of like, and it's weird because I, I often try to not think in a binary lens, right. but 
what I will say is like my mom's discernment of who can care for me different different than my dad's discernment. Like my dad would just take me anywhere. Yeah. People like he like like, like people like that like he don't even know like that. Like I mean my dad would take me my dad legit to me to hit like like to his dealer's house and hit, like like and have them watch me while like like while, while my while yeah. my, my dad would do shit. You know, yeah, whereas like yeah. my mom it it, 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 it like, I, I imagine with your mom too like even like, even when she wasn't home or couldn't be there physically, right? She took you to places that she, that she felt safe enough for right. you to be at in right. the first place. And that yeah. to me is like, and that to me like, and, and, the, and those and those are often going to be your aunties, right? Like they like they want to say be like, even though it's your aunt and uncle's house, she's mm-hmm. leaving you with your auntie, not yeah. just with your uncle. Your your uncle was there and steps in, and, you know, but then, then, then your, your, your auntie comes out and and snatches you up. And I think that's like a testament, one to like to like like to like womanhood. Like yeah. period, which I which is when I I'm just like thinking about now a lot as you were saying that because I'm like oh, my mom would have never put me somewhere where she didn't trust who was going to take care of me right, and watch right. me and that but right. when she comes back like the I the, the I come back in one piece, um you know versus the male figure in my life who would have taken me anywhere and you know and like me anywhere and me anywhere and would be like if he acts up whip him and I'm like. I don't know like, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. This man got katanas in his house. He gonna, yeah. he gonna chop me up into pieces. Right. And so, so yeah. So, I, like, 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 I'm just thinking about that and holding that. And I think it's, it's really, it's special. I think, especially because, like, right now, I'm, I'm in the midst of reading. Um, I'm like halfway through reading an anthology of Audre Lorde's essays and poems. And there's mm. one I, 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 I believe it. I believe it's in "I Am Your Sister," um, not, not "Sister Outsider," but "I Am Your Sister" that talks about the idea of like, like of of a womanhood through a lens of like black black feminist thought. Mm-hmm. But also, she mentions about like 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 being being a black lesbian and the idea of people discount her for being a black lesbian. Right. But all things that she's done and all people that she's nurtured have been through the lens of her being a black lesbian, how black lesbians or like you know, like our black queer black queer folks, black queer women, really show up for each other in every ways because they know that they can't depend on like cis folks, cis het folks, and men to, to do the same thing. So I just mm. I'm like thinking about that um as a whole. And I'll say, okay, we talked about our experiences with the aunties and you hinted towards this a little bit, but what about our experiences being the aunties? Mm-hmm. Like I want to give auntie energy as well. I, I want to be auntie Robin as well, which is interesting because I don't want to give uncle energy. Like I just don't, I like uncles to me. Uncles sound lazy. Uncles sound un- un- uninvolved. And I'm sure there's something for me to explore and reshift my relationship to uncle. Like why I think it sounds so bad. I mean, I know I'm gunkle to some folks, gay uncle. And I think that's cute and I love it, but I would much rather be auntie. Like I want, I, I want to give auntie energy. I want to give independence. I want to give like she got her own car, and got her own things. I want to come in with a bougie ass fur coat. So like, like what, what, what is your, what is your experience at present being auntie? How do you want to level up in your auntie game? Yeah. What does it look like for you? Yeah. So I will say that when you ask the question of like, how do I want to level up in my auntie, kind of my, my auntiness per se, you know, I do see my nephew seeing me as kind of uncles, you know, the, Uncle Jonathan slash, you know, Gunkle slash, you know, all all of those things. But I think for me, mm. like I said, I, I I remember there's a specific, if you go through my social media, there's a specific picture of me holding my nephew or my nibbling. I've been trying to say nibbling mm. more because, again, you know, mm. while I know he's probably going to end up being sis very sis my nephew i could just tell he's very much like my brother <laughs> not um, a sis but very sis. <laughs> yeah, not a sis but very <laughs> sis. Um, just very strong male energy there um i will say that i remember holding 
my ba- you know, my nephew. And I remember tweet, you know, kind of posting under it. I want to protect him in the ways that I wasn't protected by my uncles. Right. And so I don't, I don't necessarily have a thing of like how I want to show up per se for my, my nephew, because really my brother's son is the only one that I have like strong interactions with. Um, where I see them all the time. We make plans, we do stuff. But I think the biggest thing, like I said, it really comes back to safety for me. I really want my nephew mm-hmm. feeling safe and protected and knowing that no matter what he decides to do right whether it be play with dolls or whether it play you know whether and i even think about like so shout out because I, I know my friend Falon listens to the show my friend Falon has three kids and you know she'll oftentimes reach out to me and tell me what her kids are doing specifically one of her kids who's very very gender neutral and a lot of the things he does um you know and i, I hate for this to be such a gendered kind of conversation around it when I'm talking about like non-binary, non-gender things. So it's just, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's very interesting because I try not to label children, but at the same time, I'm also like, they're showing up in a certain way. All that to be said mm-hmm. though, like I love people and I love friends. I love family who see me as a beacon of safety for their kids, the safety that their kids never had mm-hmm. uh, or, mm-hmm. or the safety that they didn't have. Cause I have a lot of friends who've also shared with me that they, they too were abused both mentally, physically, all these different things. And so I always want kids. I think that's my number one thing and why I, I think kids oftentimes, my husband says this to me too. He'll say, why is it that people who have children, their children always flock to you. And I've had moments where I've been in like target or I've been in a store. I'll, I'll never forget it. And I'm sharing this on the mic and it may be related, but it's not, I don't know. Um, But I do remember there was this one moment when I was like in a target and I had walked past this woman who had a baby in the basket and the baby looked at me and started like putting its hands out to like, to come to me. And the lady looked back at the baby and was like, um, that's really weird. And I just was like, well, okay. I was like, it, I was like, it's not a big deal. It happens all the time. And the lady said, no, it's weird. Cause my kid doesn't go to anybody. Like she was like, my kid literally fights to go to anybody. And so obviously that baby either mm. saw me or one of the spirits on my shoulder or what, but they saw something mm-hmm. in me that made them feel safe. And I said, that's the thing I always want for kids. Like I want children, whether they be, queer trans not not whatever however they identify i want these kids mm. to be safer than what i ever have but i also will say in terms of like my auntiness like i also want other people to see me as an opportunity of if they can do it so can i you know i i know that we talk a lot mm. about capitalism and we talk a lot about how awful capitalism can be but it's really really cool you know i've had moments where i've seen young queer folks look at me and be like, I like your car. Oh, ooh, girl, I love your bag. Or, oh, I love your nails. Or, and it's, and it's just mm. an opportunity like, in that interaction, right? As much as you may only see it from the monetary or from the, the materialistic standpoint, for me, I, I can, I will, will take it in and I hear it as something being further than that. It's the idea of, mm. you know, you, you are a prospect for me, like you're a possibility model for me. And so mm-hmm. I think that a lot right the kids who look at me and smile when they see me holding my partner's hand or the kids that look at me mm-hmm. and they see my bag and they know it's louis vuitton and they go oh i love your bag and it's a the undertone is i can't wait to the day where i can be as successful or i can do the things i want to do in order to be successful in my eyes right um that i that's just my long way of saying like yeah i i i really want to be the uncle auntie gunkle whatever that people Mm -hmm. see as a possibility model and also see safety in so Mm. what about you love 
I mean, w- one thing I'm hearing from you is like, it's not like, it's not, it's, it's not that you're, not that you're material, materialistic. It's just, you're, you're, you're just a material. Like, I, the material, right. okay? yes. I, I material. am the material. Material okay. girl. Okay. Yeah. And you got, yeah. you got yourself the, uh, Chanel sh- 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 boots, whatever they, they are, they called. Yeah, well, um, I, not really. Cause I mean, no, I mean, but like yeah. metaphorically, metaphorically, not oh, the actual Chanel boots, but metaphorically. But um, I identify so much with what you're saying about the like the the children, the kids being drawn to you because I feel I too feel like I like I love kids, I want kids, but right now I love kids because I, because I don't have them. Like I love kids; they're not my kids, and I love kids because I don't have to keep them. Hey. But I love kids, and people like, and I. I, I, I say I hate kids because I'm, I'm like, ugh, kids, but like you give me a baby, I'm like, oh my god, baby, and I feel like, and I'm really, I think I'm just innately good with good with babies and kids. Like a lot right. of friends just like, little people be like, right. oh, people, my friends are like, oh, my baby, and I'm like, oh, hi, baby. And I, you know, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if, if it was because I got titties for them, but like, they just, the, the baby just loved me. And so I feel, but like, and I feel this, I too often think, oh, do they just see, this like divine feminine energy in me that makes them feel safe in that moment, like as a child, because babies, yeah. like people think babies don't really know, know what they're doing. In some ways, they don't. But like, if a baby doesn't feel safe, they will cry. They will cry and scream. And uh-huh. so, so many babies I'm around feel safe around me. It makes me think a lot about what I I too want to be a place of safety, but folks. It, I, it makes me think a lot about also like having having nibblings who are the same age as you mm-hmm. too. Like mm-hmm. you know the nibbling with we are all around the same age and so when we're all together with my brother and sister like it's like the moments in which they call me uncle versus yeah. the moments in which we act as if we're siblings and stuff right mm-hmm. like i i particularly remember like this moment where we were uh like like we were out somewhere and someone was like t- like talking to my niece like talking to one of my nieces in some ways i mean she was also bad mouthing the person <laughs> so i'll be like girl like like girl like you you gotta stop <laughs> but uh like you know but when the person says something me and my brother had got up like okay like you trying to say something else with but about us and my and my 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 niece was like, okay, unks, okay, unks, I see you, unks, right? Yeah. Which is like, typically they would never call me unk, at, at least because my my brother's older, older than me, so they'll call him unk. But typically, like I'm like sis to them essentially, and so uh, sis sis people just be like, do you know sis? No, sis sis. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's you know it's an interesting thing of like the moments in which we like shift ourselves and be you know, like onto your uncle. But I think of the friends of mine who have who have kids now or having kids now and how they want me uncle or Theo, uh, you know, Jordan, Jojo, Joho. But now I'm be like, call me auntie because I'm trying to give auntie energy. Right. I mean, yes, yes, yes. I, like, I, I, I can, I can reshift perspective of what uncle means to them. But I, I, I also want to be auntie energy because that's where I feel. So I have felt, even though I haven't felt safe in a lot of my, of my aunties, like I will say to like, like to my auntie, my mom's sister, I feel really safe with her. And I want to, I want to have that too. So I, I right. appreciate naming that of, I want to be auntie, have auntie energy. Cause I want to be safe. I want the child, you know, that's around me to know that they can be their full selves. They ask me anything they want to ask me, um, that they can see me live audaciously out. However I am and whoever I am in that moment and that they feel an inherent permission to be that as well too. And also know that whoever, whoever they become that I will always be their fierce advocate and biggest shiver besides their parents, hopefully um, in, in, in that process. So I definitely, I definitely want to be, I, I want to carry auntie energy, whether that comes off and someone says I'm onto your uncle, whatever. Right. Um, but I too want 
a source of shelter safety piece and like like like, like and also fun like i i i want to be the one where if the kid's like i want to try alcohol for the first time i'm like okay like like like, like let's go let me let me text your parents and be like hey so i'm, I'm like i'm not giving them a sip of tequila is that okay like, like, like i'm not trying to get arrested but like i i want i want you to feel safe to do that with me and i want to be the person that does as well so yeah i I hear you. I see you, and I and I like and I. That's that's, that's why I want to care with me as well too. Whew, this was a conversation I did not expect to happen this way, but also I think it's such a beautiful way to kick off Black History Month for us right, because right. you really want to talk about the other femmes and the other you know, like the other mothers and the femmes that have kept us safe and guide us in life. And this was really special, so I'm thankful that we did this. It is time for another break, so y'all can grab us. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Snack and John and I will be right back. All right, y'all. So welcome back. And we are going to jump into um, what's popping this week. I know it's been a minute since we've given you all kind of a pop culture, like refresh. And per a listener's request, um, I wanted to take a moment to do our annual check-in on the show. Y'all know I love to hate Drag Race. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, love to hate and hate that love. Yeah, I hate that I love it, but I love to hate it. Um, we are in season 16. And I'ma just say this and then we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna run through some other thoughts. Um I'm gonna say that I feel like all of them look like other queens. 
Like it's getting to the point now where it's very hard for me to figure out who's who because they all look like somebody else. Like somebody looks like Simone, somebody looks like Will Pill, somebody looks like like they all look the same. And I don't know if it's because they're painting the same or if they carry the same personalities or what. So if I mess up people's name or if I just don't know the girl's name, so sorry. But a reality of it is, is that I, 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 I know Drag Race is going to go on for a very long time because it's Paramount's bread and butter um, at this point. But I will definitely say, like, I, I that is one of my biggest critiques about the Drag Race franchise is that I, mm. I, I miss the days where you saw Queen and you went, oh, my God, that Queen. It's like, for instance, when you see Raven, there is no other Raven. Like, there is mm. no other Raven. Mayhem. There is no other Mayhem. Um, it's just mm-hmm. a lot of them feel the same to me at this point anyway i to get off of that soapbox um i do have some thoughts about this season but i wanted to give our listeners something to cackle about in regards to my thoughts of the season so we can just talk about it and move on um so with that being said my question that i have for you is what girl before i give mine what girl is on your watch list for this season who's the who is the girl to watch for you my watch list queens right now are Nymphia Wind. I love her. <laughs> I love her. I'm kind of here for Morphine. I I don't know what she can do, but the mug is unclockable to me. Like I don't know what she can do yet, but the mug is right. Okay. Um, and I and I I think I said I, I said last week and other said to an episode that we did or to somebody else, but I appreciate. The sisterhood that she'd be given to to other queens. It was us. Um, I definitely watching Q. Oh. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I definitely watching Q. I think Q, Q as Q. It was funny because Q as the brick last week. The judges were living, and I was like, "This is fine." Like, I think it was the best of the what the others gave, but I was like, "This is obviously not geared for okay, black." So audience wait, Cos, who black. was the Barbara Streisand? Plasma. Plasma was. Good. She was good. good. I I struggle with her because she's so forgettable. She's very forgettable. Yes. Well, so she's forgettable in drag, but she's not forgettable in her comebacks because I definitely appreciate when she shaved playing Jane and Untucked the week before last as well. Um, Yeah, so I'm definitely watching Q because I think Q is a fantastic seamstress. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. the shape, the designs to me. Some 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 of the best some of the best I've seen. N- Nymphia Wynn's tie look is my one of my top oh, drag yes, looks I've yes, ever yes, seen. Yes, 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 There's yes. no way anyone has ever done that before. That was amazing. Uh, Safia Crystal, of course. Um, and as much as I hate, as much as I hate to say it, Plain Jane is on the watch list. I can't tell if it's on the watch list for a good reason or a bad reason. I think objectively she's good. Objectively, she's a good queen, and she knows what to do and she knows what rue wants from her and so i'm like yippee kaye for that one um but i don't love her but yeah so that's 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 on my watch list i love the plain i I love the plain jane watch list uh but i'm bump (laughs) because plain jane she spells her name like plain and so the idea of her being on the watch list (laughs) um i will say that i i like and i know i i saw your note in the the show flow (laughs) so i'm annoyed but geneva carr is one of the girls i'm like please girl pull it together enough to stay i do feel like she could be one of those top three girls because you know in the top three they always give you 
that, and I hate saying it this way, but it's the truth. Rue is notorious for giving you a throwaway in the top three. There's always the top two and that one girl. <laughs> so you admit that she be the throwaway then. You admit yes. that she be the throwaway. Yes. She be the third throwaway. But I also see your point about her not going that far in the competition. I get it. But I'm saying that I do like her personality. I'm right there with you with uh, Nymphia Wind. I personally, I will say this. Do I believe that she's going to get to the top three and and be crowned? No. But Mm. is it Nymphia? Nymphia Wind? Nymphia Wind? If she was to get to the number number two spot and was crowned, I wouldn't be upset. I believe mm. that just based off of her glamour from even the first day of her stepping into the room, I feel like she could make a really good like first non like Pacific Islander queen, like I like an eight the first Asian yeah. queen to win because I do know that you know they they coin uh, Mama from last season as like the first API queen to win, but I'm saying like a mm. first true Asian queen. Gosh, yeah, 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 like mm-hmm. I I would be okay with her taking that crown home. Now I did want to say like who are your top three? My top three, and I put this. I said my top three is, and you said that this her name is not Brooklyn. What the fuck is that girl's name? Don. Her name is Don. Don. Like it's Brooklyn. Don. When you said Brooklyn, I was like, who the, I was like, who the fuck is Brooklyn? Or maybe she's Nugget from Nugget Brooklyn. Nugget. I think she's a New York queen, but her name is Don. Okay. Well, either way, you know who the fuck I'm talking about. I know uh, who you're talking about. Yeah. Don, I, put I call her the like. What, what yeah. so she's like the target version? What is the market? She's the market pantry willow pill to me. She's like, yeah, no, she is like, and it, that's not a dig. It really is the idea of like Willow Pill is a very like she won. So like the market yeah. pantry version, meaning like you're not gonna go get like you're not gonna get Willow Pill out her because that's not who Willow Pill is. But she's definitely yeah. her makeup and her personality very much reads me as Willow Pill. Um, yeah. Sapphire Crystal, I want her to win do i think she's gonna win no because we've already had two black queens win in like the last three cycles so i mean we're we're, we're not gonna get another black queen to win um but i do want her to go far um is, is it tsunami tsunami muse i th- so it's spelled tsunami muse i sometimes they say tsunami muse but anyway, i would say zusu I don't care what nobody Zuzu, says. Okay. I know I know movie. she was in, I know she wasn't doing too well on the first was it the first or the second <laughs> episode people people were trying to but that that last look she turned that that girl's bad. That's a bad girl. Was what she about wear? Was she wear? Um, was she wear? Oh my god, I'll have to google it. I just remember being like, <laughs> "Okay, girl." Um I'm trying to when she wear that cuz see, I think so I can see her for I can see her for an underdog for sure. I think she is. She had on the egg. Remember, she came out as the egg, and then um, she tore it off. The last in the in the last episode, though. Yeah, I think the last episode oh, she came oh, out as the egg. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So I think I think she's doing better than her mother uh-huh. <laughs> for sure. Um, and I think I think she comes off better than her mother. Um, but I. See, to me, she'd be my throwaway. I think she'd be my throwaway oh, for the top no. three. Like, I, I like her a lot. And, and, and on name, I really loved, 
I loved last at last the well, I guess from the time you hear this two week two weeks ago, where her and Geneva talked about being DACA recipients because that something that has not been discussed on the show before. Mm-hmm. I think like for like like, like you know, we 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 discuss folks maybe discuss folks who who are immigrants, so discuss folks maybe who may have been undocumented but not DACA recipients. I think that was really really powerful, and I and I love that Zunami Moose is Afro Latino because I feel like that's not something that is celebrated or seen a lot on Drag Race. Folks who are like so boldly Afro Latino. I mean. Like yes, like Kenya Mees as well mm-hmm. being being uh being 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 Jamaican too, um. But I just like I just like I just really appreciate someone coming in, um coming 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 in with that. My top three. So I think, hmm. If at present Nifia Wind is in top three for sure. I agree that I don't I don't know if I'd see her winning. Um, I don't know if I say winning simply because I'm like xenophobia. Um, <laughs> from. <laughs> See. from mother yeah um i can see nip nip one i can see q and i can see sophia crystal i can see or i can already see q winning i think i can already see q winning because i think I get right now she's presented enough of like this is what rue likes like she's not afraid to like look stupid which is what drew loves mm-hmm. um but she's beautiful she paints really well and she is an amazing seamstress yeah. so i can see yeah. her winning i i mean i mean i mean i mean safira is like poise and grace like safira has the whole package i just just there's something about something about rue that i'm like i don't I don't think she would give Sophia the win. Um, so yeah, so I think those are my top three. I can see playing Jane. I can see playing Jane being in there as well too. To me, she's a Jimbo knockoff. To me, uh, yeah, um, with the big titties, yeah, very much that. See, I, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, she has a different. She's a bit of a different drag than Jimbo, and I think Jimbo, Jimbo goes. I think there are very few queens who who has gone who go as far as Jimbo has gone in terms of like the lengths in which they'll go to like to like for for the sake of drag. Plain Jane hasn't gone there yet. I don't think she will, but I can see her being in top four, if not top three, but I do hope someone yeah. picks her out, honestly. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else. I who is the other queen that ugh, no, I I no, I forgot. But that said though, I wonder, I do wonder, I wonder if they'll do because they have they haven't done this in a while. And this is the season of twists. I wonder if they will do like um a twist where the queens come back. And they oh. fight to get back. Oh, they haven't done that the, in a while. Yeah. And I wonder, because I, yeah, like, I wonder who could come back from that. I, I think the one that they just sent home, who basically So said, I was thinking, I was thinking Mirage. Yeah. And I love Mirage, but I just, I don't, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I think that she has like the whole, I don't know if she has a whole shebang there. Right. Right. Her. But my but thing is, is that. Back. And I'm going to jump in and say, that's how I feel about a mandatory meeting. Like, I love her personality, but I feel like she's the Shangela of the season. Like, you just need a little bit more time to get your, to to polish up your look. When she was like, clock the mug. I was like, yes, Mm -hmm. you look presentable today. Like, but like that, that, like that, that, I mean, truly like, I I want to be clear. I also, her personality Everything. Her love wit. Her. Love her. I yes. love that she's not taking any shit from playing Jane, period. Like, I love that for her. And I'm like, but girl, like, yeah, but also, like, I feel like two things can be true. I think she's an, an amazing yes. black queen. 
in terms of personality, performance, the presentation, yeah. the the and again, I also want to be very clear that I I I, I want to say like my I always have to say this when we're talking about drag because I think people think that when black girls get on the mic or whenever they get in front of the camera and they start talking about drag it's like how the fuck can you make how can you say that about these girls when you don't do drag right it's kind of the same way when people get on and start talking about podcasters right I'm like you don't know podcasting and you don't know how much work goes into it so who are you to make that but what I will say is being someone who has been a a avid RuPaul watcher show I've written about it I've like I feel like that's where I can make the critique to say that knowing what RuPaul is looking for I can look at a mandatory meeting and say girl I don't think you're as polished as but on the on the other end too there and again maybe one day we'll have this conversation and maybe we'll want to pull in a drag queen to have this combo you know, John, my partner has said this and I, I fully agree with it. You know, I guess when um, the Hershey baby left, she was on uh, on that talk show with um, with Michelle Visage and she was talking Should about how she sold her car and took out a loan and took all this money out and borrowed a whole bunch of money from people to be able to come on to do Drag Race. And I think there needs mm. to be a greater conversation of the links that a lot of these queens are going to get. Mm their money like to get their money up or to get the things that they need in order to be successful on this show and how sometimes in like for instance Hershey's case right she took all this money out and is in this debt and now was voted out like the first episode or second episode third episode I think it was the third episode um because we're now on episode I think five so it was four or five so I I I think it, it it's just there's a lot there but I will say going back to the same thing with was it Maya Amon LePage like she's Mm -hmm. cute but I do I think that she's drag race ready I don't know. Mm. Like, I don't want to be mean because it's not that I want to shit on other black girls because I want them all to win. I just feel like there's a certain caliber you have to be at in order to compete on these shows and girls like Amanda Tori and Maya LePage are not ready. That's just my thought. Yeah. Ooh. So, okay. So several, uh, several thoughts here. Cause I, where to start, where to start, where to start. So I think one, um, what was the thing you said before, like right right before you went to my imam page? You were talking about um, the money, oh, the um, yeah, the money. So like, I, th- I mean, I mean, think a, I think a lot about Chicha Devane of us in memory, right? Oh like, my god, my like, love, yeah. Right? I mean, like loved her so much, and probably one of the last times you saw folks use like cosmetic store makeup to do things, right? Because a point was made in that season right. about using or not using cosmetic store makeup, and when she came back. For all stars, right? She was she wasn't using that anymore, and so right. I think to your point, like it's so true. So many queens go broke to be on this show. Mm-hmm. This show, like, is responsible is responsible both for platforming queens and like like evicting them from their homes. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like this show really is, is is you know is doing both. Um, if someone wants to say, how can you how can you talk about Drag Race? Bitch, I was a drag queen actually for a few years, so y'all can kick rocks with that one. Well, and yeah. as as a, as someone who as someone who was who was a drag queen, I can tell you, I would not thrive on this show. Like I would. Right. Not and that's what I was gonna either. say. Like, like if I, I well, ever I got not. to do drag, I, I yeah, I would never. Like it would I've take me years. Much. 
to even think you about like, wanting to. I'm not, I, I'm not a seamstress, and, and I'm not. I'm, I won't be the bitch who goes on the show saying I'm not a seamstress. Like, yeah. I know how to be seamstress to be on the show. Yep. I know I'm funny as hell, but I can't paint. I can't paint the 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 you know, the, the, the way the way uh, the these queens paint like someone that i think about a lot who it's i i, I felt sad to say this because I, I like i know that you have you had put earlier in the notes like who do you want to go home right and i think magami is someone who i'm fine with going home which makes me sad because i want to like her so much and i'm sure someone's gonna say i'm fat phobic for like like for not for not <laughs> joho you're fat phobic you're fat phobic <laughs> But it is simply because she does she does not have the range. Like I would not have the range right. either on the show. Like 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 right. like there and there there are there are plenty of fat girls on the show who have the range. I love artistic drag yeah. ten out of ten. But like being a consumer of this capitalist show, I know it is hard for artistic drag to thrive on the show. Yeah, Sasha Valor is one of the only queens that like that was able that was able to thrive on on our artistic drag. It was, and I think one because she was a fantastic queen. I think I, I think also because like she like she can balance art with like art with 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 glamour the way that RuPaul wants glamour. And I think like I think. It, like these critiques have nothing to do with whether or not they're great drag queens. Like I believe some of them are great drag queens. They are. And I believe that they all believe that, that I believe that they believe that they are all, that they're all great drag queens as well, but it doesn't always translate to the show itself. And it really, like it really is not real. Like, like truly no tea on that. Because again, if I, I, I would never be on the show because I would fail. <laughs> People right. would eat me up and I would right. not blame them for it. Like I'm having you on the show. And so, but I think to your point, as people who work in entertainment in this way, you know, like we uh, we understand the mechanics behind what this show needs. I hope people also who watch the show don't watch the show as the only like as the only gatekeeper to what good drag is. Like, there right. is so much fan drag outside of this show, and it's not even that this is the best of the best. It is like this is the best of the certain framework of drag that, like, that exists. That exists on television. Yeah, and that is different. So that, that that's why like a queen like Wagami, who I I think if I saw her live, I would probably fucking live. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. I would some so many things that that that. that what yeah, I see in your face. No, that? I was gonna say you have a point because I was gonna say that's you know, and I've talked to, to Mayhem about this outside of this, and so I don't want this to be a slight because y'all all know that that's my that's my girl. She lives in my heart daily. But I I think there's this idea of what translates well for Drag Race as a as a frame versus what translate for like as good drag outside of the MTV mm -hmm. Paramount bubble. And that's why I look, when I look at Mayhem, you know, I love that she's going back on the show, right? She's getting ready to go back on another version or another iteration of the show. But I, I will say, like, I look at Mayhem and I go, Mayhem, up? yeah, she hey, is. Can you, uh, no, but, but can you say that publicly? Yeah, it's public. She said that uh, she's going, okay. yeah, I saw it on Facebook. Okay. So okay, I was like, sure it's okay. um, but <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I don't know what iteration it is. Cause I haven't, I didn't pay too much attention to it but i did see her announce it and i will say like i i love that she's continuing to thrive and get her get her coins from said network right but when i look at what mayhem does outside of drag race i think she's one of the best and one of the smartest and one of the most genius yeah. queens to ever but it's the same mm -hmm. thing too can be said about jasmine masters right jasmine masters did not translate mm -hmm. well on the television show mm -hmm. but if you go see jasmine masters in san diego my God, she owns the building. Like, 
Jasmine Masters walks in and you get chills because you know that she's going to turn it. And so that's the thing. Like, I, I, I don't think, and that's the thing I always get mad at because I think people think, well, just because they didn't do good on Drag Race means that they're a terrible queen. No. What I'm saying is, is that Drag Race is super commercial and it's very much that Rue is looking for a specific type of drag queen who can do the press and who can be in front of the camera and who can like for instance like i I, i've known people to say this about t.s madison t.s madison when she turns on the camera she lights up the room right but when you sit with her some people would say oh t.s madison is boring because you know when she's at home so there again there's there's certain people who can hold certain spaces at certain in, in different times and a lot of the girls on the show once that camera comes on their light goes off because they're so they're they're so in their head they're so yeah. caught up in that word here goes that word again the minutiae of a television show <laughs> right that they don't yeah. know how to and then there's the flip there are people who soon as the light comes on they turn on and they're great and they're fantastic and then you meet them outside of the show and you're like that bitch is boring. Like, even what's the other the girl? The show is who, a performance within a performance. Who? Like, you have to perform. It is. As, a as the show is yeah. a performance within a performance. Yeah. Like, yeah. You have to perform as a queen and perform as a person on TV. Yeah. You are Two a character of yourself. Yeah. You are a character of yourself on this show. And I think that's why so many of the girls do so poorly when they do this show and why they have such bad reputations is because they mm. don't go on the show thinking to themselves, oh, shit. I'm going to be edited to be a character of myself. And that is the mm. thing that a lot of the girls miss. And that's one of the things I wish that they did trainings on of like, if you're going to do reality TV, you have to be aware that you are going to be edited to be a character of your character and, and how that character reads, especially if you're a black fat girl on one of these shows, baby. Okay. Who knows? Who knows? You know? Okay. So, Mm. Um. All right, y'all. Well, I am glad we had this conversation. Will we revisit it later? Maybe. I don't know. But I will say <laughs> that I am rooting for anybody black on the show. And I hope that uh, folks, whoever, if they've been on the show or if they've been eliminated, I hope they do well. All right, y'all. Well, we are going to take another break. And when we get back, we're going to dive into y'all. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com favorite segment are yes ma'am and no ma'am pam more in a second okay so this week i'm gonna go ahead and let you start because i always start so what are your yes ma'am and your no ma'am for this week baby so my yes ma'am is Issa Rae's time cover. Amen. Like as a queen of reading for everyone, everybody black, I'm Amen. reading for my queen Issa Rae. And I really love that she talked about like like the like the, the pay equity gap and really was like I love that she named in her interview how grow like the idea of making money to change to like to change people's lives yeah and knowing like like knowing that it is a gross game to do to have to be capitalistic to then create impact but also knowing how much capital creates impact and for her like for her to 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 acknowledge that while also being like but if, but if i'm gonna do it then i'm gonna do it in a way that root that roots are everybody else around me and that's yeah. when i just love so really pray blessed be to her my queen of saray yeah um my no man pam I mean, really, right now, I just think nothing's nothing specific. It is just, it is just uh, seeing folks use black voices for things that have no, they have no business using black voices for. Like, yeah. girl, you actually don't need to use, uh, like, you know, insert insert activist figures uh, voice here for something or words here for something that you actually like care nothing about. I just, I just am so tired of people, and I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of the organizations and people that are like this, like, but this is Black History Month. We celebrate all black people for all their contributions to our society. And I'm like, but girl, con- like, but I was like, but, but do you also contributions? It sounds so passive. Like, mm-hmm. you mean the fact that we built this society yeah. on our backs? Mm-hmm. Is that the contribution or is that like, or is that actually like ownership? Like, mm-hmm. let's talk about something right here. So just, you know, the folks and organizations that are saying, Things like that because I just sit back and I'm like, oh, you really hate black people all yeah. the time. Yeah. And also, you ain't said shit all year about black people. It's just it is, and and yet people fall for it. people are like, this is so great. And I'm like, but is it though? Period. Why would you even? Like, yeah. <laughs> but is it? But yeah. is it though? And and I, I yeah, will say you? no. You know what I will say is I. Um, yes to Issa's cover. I will say it, it's hard reading Issa's. It was hard me reading that article because my mind goes, if Issa Rae feels this way and she's in the industry, what hope do I have as someone who's trying to quote unquote break in? So that's been the very, the hardest thing for me to kind of take while reading it. But also I'm, I'm happy that Issa's saying what needs to be said about the industry because there are a lot of black folks who are like, oh, I'm so scared that if I mention how terrible the industry is that, you know, my, my, my work 
work and my opportunities are going to dry up. And it's like, baby, you do recognize that by not speaking up, you're complicit with what's happening and nothing's going to ever change. Um, so I say all of that to say, like, I appreciate her doing that. The other part of me, um, and I, I guess I can start with my no man, Pam, and then jump into my yes, ma'am. Um, it's really to your point. I had noted that I'm also very tired of the performative assnessness of, of, of everything um, from the Justin Timberlakes to the, the companies that are like, oh, you know, we love and we support black people. But yet when you look at, you know, they're when you look and I think I think this is coming from and again so i was going to say this to your point i'm so happy that in the next couple of weeks bridget todd is going to be on and one of the things that i had noted in in our in our show notes that i wanted to talk to bridget about is what i like to call digital blackface and and knowing that a lot of tiktokers have made a lot of 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 money they have made a lot of opportunities using Mm. black women's voices and using black trans women's you know things to their their sound bites and, and and things to make their stuff go viral um and how a lot of black tiktokers specifically black women and black trans women tiktokers um get hate and retribution for a lot of the stuff that they post especially when they're posting about injustice but yeah i can't wait to talk to bridget todd about that um but all of that to be said i think my biggest qualm that i've been having and that i continue to have is seeing in the last two to three weeks we're seeing journalists specifically black you know and, and again i'm i'm naming it because we see it in the news right la times they've just gutted their diversity initiative they've gutted their Mm -hmm. black a lot of black and brown you know journalists were given the boot recently and then you have an uh, have the audacity to say that you support the work that mlk and that malcolm x is doing and i'm going but yet you just fired all these black and brown people from your company but you're posting on February 1st that you uh, that you appreciate black history. So what about the black history that you just let go of, right? Like there there were a lot of can journalists. Say, go ahead. So can I ask you as well, just like, just <laughs> to LA Times, because it's not because I love LA Times in many ways, but they gutted Delos, like that, that whole vertical. Mm-hmm. And then I just saw on LinkedIn posted that they're hiring yeah. for Delos. And I'm like, what yeah you but a lot but of companies you, are doing it but, a lot uh, of companies what, are doing it so that way they, like, and i think fuck? it's so that way they don't get hit with um oh gosh there, there's something someone was explaining it on twitter and I, I forget the the tweet and i wish i wish i knew enough to be able to go find it but someone was explaining that a lot of these companies when they fire quote unquote black and brown and Asian or whatever. And then they repost the jobs for specific verticals or for, for specific things. They don't get in trouble. I think with like the, the employment, not employment development, but there's another company that I guess that looks at the ways mm-hmm. that companies, because again, in California specifically, there's all of these boxes that these companies have to check. And so yeah, if yeah. they repost the job, then in, 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 it looks like, right, in in the grand, grander scheme of things, it looks like they're still trying to be mm, in line with the equity, that. right? It's all performance. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they don't necessarily have to fill the job because mm-hmm. the job is, quote unquote, not, it, it's it's not filled. Mm-hmm. So there, there's, a, you know, I will just say this and then I'll, I'll, I'll hit you with my yes, ma'am, and then we can move on. I think the biggest thing for me that's been really frustrating in all of this is just really seeing how comfortable and how, like I said, complicit people have become with seeing black and brown, not only just creators, but people um, suffer. Mm -hmm. 
there's there's just a lot of complicity now more than ever around us saying, yo, I'm I, I I'm struggling. I I have no air. Can somebody get me? Just, you know, I don't know if you ever played Sonic, right? But when Sonic was underwater mm-hmm. and he was going for a ring, yeah. and he would have to go to the top to get an air bubble, right? Like yeah. that's how it feels. It feels like so many of us are just so tired of swimming and we constantly keep coming up and saying, give us an air bubble, give us an air bubble. Um, and and everyone's like, you know, drown, bitch. Like that's basically what it feels like. It really feels that way. Yeah. Um, and so it's been really hard to take in. And so I'm just, I'm also right there with you with the performative asslessness of everything. In terms of my yes, ma'am, I'm gonna say this is gonna be very quick. Um, my yes, ma'am is seeing that man that we do not name, 45, yes. having to pay uh, sister girl 83.3 million dollars. Now, whether this man has it or not is a is a is a good question. But let me tell you something. I just want a dollar of it. I just just on principle, just on principle, like I love seeing this man get his comeuppance. And my prayer, you know, I, there are a lot of things I want. I want the new Apple Pro Vision glasses. I want, you know, I want my hair to stop acting up. If you haven't noticed, some of my hair is not lining up and doing what the other other curls are doing, right? There's a lot of things I want, but there's nothing more that I want than this man to go to jail. And to die in a cell. And I know, I, I I hope we don't get in trouble for saying this, but it is the God honest truth that I feel like this man deserves every single bad thing that is coming his way. And I pray that he gets it in this lifetime for me to be able to see. Like, I pray I'm alive to see him get every single thing that comes to him. Um, so yeah, that's that on that. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up around here. Please send us your thoughts, your feedback, and your emails to blackfatfempod at gmail.com. You can also send us your thoughts via social media by interacting with us on our post on the Instas and the Twitters and by using the handle at blackfitfempod. Shout out to the people who are giving us uh, and rating us five stars. Tell a friend, tell a friend, Thank tell you. a friend. Please keep Thank following you. us and supporting us because, uh, yeah, with, with without your support, there's only so far we could go. Queen Joho, where okay. can the dolls find you? As always, my loves, you can find me at Joho Downs across all socials and also at my website, jordandowns.com. And if not there, you will find me arguing with whoever controls the weather, asking why climate change is happening, why it's pouring in these streets, and why we're flooding. And also fighting the, fighting the cities of metropolitan cities and the governments who don't give infrastructure to lower-income areas to actually handle the rain because people's homes are getting destroyed, cars are being submerged, people are legit, legit drowning in these streets. Like, yeah. we need to do better. So yeah. it'll be fine to fight and also, and also at, at my website. Thank you. Thank yeah, you, thank you. I, I will say this. Um, a friend of mine who lives in L.A., I was supposed to go to L.A. for something yesterday, um, and I was texting them about going, and they were saying, I was like, hey, did you make it to the event? And they basically were like, no, um, where I live, it's flooded, and I can't get through it. He was like, if you haven't left yet, I would just stay home because I guess there's the, the where we were supposed to go yesterday, uh, yesterday for a Grammy event, the there was a mm. there's a freeway pass that you're supposed to get on, and that freeway pass was flooded. Uh, um, and wow. so he was just like, "Girl, he was like, I've been sitting here for 30 minutes, and I don't I don't know when I'm gonna make it. I, I if you're not coming, stay home." Yeah. And that's what made me stay yeah. home. Um, plus I'm a little under the weather if y'all can't hear. But all that to be said, um, y'all can find me these next couple of days laying up on my couch. Finishing Love on a Spectrum, I just want to say very quickly that I have never 
I'm not a person who watches reality shows and cries, but baby, the Mm. way that that last episode of season two of Love on the Spectrum had my face wet, wet. Um, Connor, Journey, I want to protect them with all of my heart. Like, I have never loved people on a show as much as I love both of them. And I know that some people will probably say, oh, it's problematic that you feel the way that you feel because they're both people with special needs. I just think that they are beautiful souls that just, oh, they're just so beautiful to me. And it's such a beautiful show to watch because I have such a, a, a such a, a, a special place in my heart for people with special needs. Um, mm. And it makes me so happy to see the love, the, the, the world helping them to get the love that they deserve. So it is just such a good show. Um, it is really one of the only shows on Netflix that I feel like is done well in terms of reality. Um, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like we're, 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 we're watching grossness happen where we're like, what's the word? that people use um when you the reality tv shows like love after lockup and all of those shows they're very there's a word that people use for them and i can't figure Mm -hmm. out what the word is um but yeah where you're basically using people's terrible situation to make money exploitation it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. exploitative it feels very much like we're we're on a journey with people who truly are looking and Mm -hmm. wanting love and i just so i say if you have not watched love on a spectrum you should also i will say down with love is also a very good show to watch um it's right behind love on a spectrum i think that they're actually probably produced by the same production company um but Mm -hmm. another show of like if you haven't watched Watched it please watch it it's so good um but yeah other than that you can find me online dr john paul also visit my website www.drjohnpaul.com um i want to thank or i would say we want to thank our supervising producer rebecca ramos and bay wang for handling all the logistics in our ex- super executive super producer Anna Hosnia and everyone over at iHeart for keeping the show up and going. We also want to shout out our wonderful editor, mix master, you name it. Uh, Just the person who (laughs) makes sure that we look good and sound good every single week, Chris Rogers, because without them, we would have no show. This has been another Mm -hmm. one. Thank you everybody for listening. And remember, it's not your booty. It's your beauty. I love us for real. (laughs) Bye. Bye. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.